0: You're listening to a Broadmoor Podcast production. On Sunday, Pastor Josh preached from Psalm 5, continuing through our Summer in the Psalms series. Today, we're talking about the example that David sets for us in this passage of coming to God with our honest and raw emotions, and how our particular view of God will affect the way in which we come to Him. We also discuss the importance of a disciplined rhythm of meeting with God and reminding ourselves of the truth so that we will be anchored in what is true and not in what we feel. You're going to hear this and a whole lot more today on After the Message. Please please cut everything prior to this moment. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, guys. Hey Mike. Good hey. to see you today. Right, it's guys. a great
1: afternoon to, to see you, Mike. Yeah. Mm-hmm afternoon it is it's an it afternoon is. it is indeed my friend got my afternoon cup of coffee so i just weird. devoured not only are we recording on
0: afternoon or on an afternoon rather than morning but it is also tuesday not monday mm, so not monday because mm. uh, our offices were closed yesterday completely, yesterday, so. completely
1: thrown off oh it is
0: it's so strange hmm. it's kind of scary how this is gonna go it is uh, like who knows what's going to happen because it's we're all off our our uh, our game. I'm completely
1: so. on my game. I'm feeling it. It's going to be fantastic. I feel great. All too. right. Well, Mark's hey, cabs are me, out. Then. When Mark cabs are out, you, it can't go wrong. <laughs> That's true. Mark's cabs are clear out. Clear eyes, <laughs> full heart, big cabs can't lose. <laughs> Did you just make that up? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: well, so uh, everybody have a good weekend. I mean, it was so it was it was a. Crazy weekend, right? Yeah, All is. the storms that came through yeah. and the power losses and yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. I mean we were just talking about Chase, like Chase, you guys just got power back like a day ago. Yep. So
1: and Mike you never lost power because
0: mm-hmm. I didn't. He's the favorite
1: power. one because you're the favorite
0: one. Well, I, I not
1: even Friday night.
0: I'm just saying if like you're now? living right, then, you know,
2: oh, things boy. like power Oh boy. We just uh, uh, Mike's
3: trash. So we we got home from middle school camp on Friday. Oh gracious! And it was really hot at middle school camp. So we just saw it as an extension of camp. There so we came <laughs> home to unheated house. Mm. I mean, like it was it was fun. So okay. it was preparing you to come home. I guess yeah, so. Yeah.
0: Well, I I don't know. I hope everyone's gotten their power back by now. But um, there were yeah, still some sure. people today. I was yeah, I just really? came back
1: from a meeting in yeah. Jackson and uh, mm. half a fifty-five. If you're coming north on the left side. Uh, is without power. Wow.
0: Yep. Well, I know there's still some uh, some uh, stoplights and in, uh, intersections and things that are still out in Jackson. But move uh, fast. Yeah, it's great, and people are crazy. Like when they come to those intersections, like you know, I guess you're supposed to treat them like a four-way stop, four-way stop. right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh no, it's yeah. chaos. That's what yeah. I
1: learned when I was 14. <laughs> yeah. So. Book. <laughs>
0: anyway. Well, uh, so so we were into our third week of uh, the Psalms. Sunday. We, uh, Psalm five. Yeah. Psalm five.
1: Psalm mm-hmm. five. It was
0: Josh was great.
1: It was. Yeah. I, was, I thought it was good. It was, I love the Psalms. They're, Psalms they're are great. Good. They're, they're personal, right? Mm-hmm. So it it's seemingly less than uh, a formal thing, um, but mm-hmm. incredibly inviting into mm-hmm. something beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Chase just reminded me that I never said who was actually in the room today. <laughs> So see, it's I told Tuesday. you, it's I told Tuesday. you we That's right. Um, All right. Mark so, and
2: his calves are here. So <laughs> <that is true>.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Everything else became irrelevant. At so the so yeah. I'm going
0: to start then with, with Mark. Mark and, and his calves. <laughs> Mark and his calves. And uh, Preston, Preston Crows his here. calves covered. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Josh Gladly Braddy said. is here and Sean Selman is here. And then, of course, Chase, as you've already heard, is, right. is here keeping us straight. So
3: and my case, thankful for chase and my case and myself, yes, the
0: favored one, <laughs> right? <laughs> All right, let's move on. <laughs> um, yeah, so so Psalm five, this was a I, it's, this was a really like honest sort of, I, I guess yeah. you know, there's just this example set for us about you know how we can come to God and and yeah. just be honest and transparent with our yeah. mm-hmm. our thoughts and our feelings, mm-hmm. um, which is is something
1: I think a lot of people may struggle with. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. And maybe for right reason. So if you have ever read the Old Testament, there there can be an image painted of God the Father as as this holy and unapproachable God. Or if you do, you better be on your P's and Q's, because mm-hmm. if you are just the slightest uh-huh. bit off, you're gonna get smoked uh, like it is just not going to go well for you, and that that goes back to um, the, the temple and and or or the, the the holy of holies, and if you were to go behind that that curtain and you weren't the 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 high priest on the day of atonement and didn't do it the right way, then then you couldn't stand in the presence of God, and so there's a there's a sense of this awe and and fear, and I think a healthy fear of God. Mm-hmm. But then the Psalms give us something, something a little different. I, I don't think it's different in the sense of a different God or a different approach. It's, it's, of course, the same God. It's Yahweh because I'm thankful that name is used throughout the Psalms. But it's an invitation into a relationship with him that when you are his child, he, he invites you into what he created you for Mm -hmm. and it's the beautiful communion communication this idea of a relationship uh and and so sometimes we can get in our religious mode and we'll say well what's that relationship look like well you have to have the right sacrifice you have to say the right words the right way and make sure you watch your tone well when you get into the first part of the psalms like one and two psalm one and two set that up um, and then you get into to psalm three four five and six and those are more the personal worship psalms morning and evening morning and evening And it shows you a different way. It shows you that that God is approachable, Mm -hmm. that he wants you to come to him. And to your point, you come as you are. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's great. And sometimes Mm -hmm. you are a wreck. Mm -hmm. And he knows that about Mm -hmm. you and he invites you to come so that he may put the pieces back together. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the Psalms are beautiful, man. They are great.
4: Yeah, yeah. I actually talked to a lady this morning that was there Sunday and she just talked about how um, meaningful it was for her just to – to feel the rawness and the transparency in the psalm she said she's going through a hard time right now and she said i actually left the room crying at one point came back but that's just where i am right now but mm-hmm. it was just a beautiful remind her through the word that what she's experiencing right now she can take that to god mm-hmm. she can yeah. take it straight to him and be open and real and not have to feel like she's got it all figured mm. out or buttoned up right. or polished. And um, and I think for a lot of people, that's just a really refreshing thought to be able to come to God mm-hmm. in that yeah. way.
3: Yeah. Uh, it's, the, it's the whole idea that God's not just inviting you into the relationship on Sunday morning at yes. a church, yes. mm-hmm. but in the midst of everyday life. Because mm-hmm. you've got these guys that are writing these Psalms. We, we know David's probably writing them like, Some as a shepherd boy, some as a king, some, I mean, like, and during all of these differing circumstances. And so just that, that reminder of that invitation to the relationship Mm -hmm. is not secluded to a sacred space, Mm -hmm. but it's all of life yeah like in the frustrations in the celebrations mm-hmm. in the hard moments mm-hmm. in the dangerous moments yep. I mean like yeah. you see all yeah. of that and, and in our sinful psalms. moments like I, see, yeah. I, that's oh, what yeah. I love oh, Part yeah. of
1: David and him writing most of these psalms <laughs> uh, is, is that moment where he Bathsheba and Bathsheba and the invitation man that yeah. is so raw and mm. honest mm. Yeah. and God at the end of the day, he's known after a man after God's own heart. So. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm.
0: it, it, so, and you made a, you made a statement on, uh, on Sunday, Josh, that, uh, you know, that we don't, uh, like, like we don't come to God with these things and, and confess these things to God to make him aware. Like he's already aware. Mm-hmm. Right. But there is, there is something to our, our being honest and open in those moments mm-hmm. that it does for us. Yeah. Right. And, uh, yeah, anything anything more you'd say to that? Like, I could say a lot. I would love
1: to hear from these <laughs> other guys, particularly Preston, because uh, I think in in some of the feedback I've heard from the sermon has come a lot from. Are you saying Preston's your favorite? It, no, not at all. You were all my favorites. You were absolutely all my favorites. Um, he just but, wants to know that I actually have something to say. No, it has come from the mental health care community, yeah. and yeah. it has been from those who 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 walk that yeah. that path. And and for some, they they. They, they heard a validation to potentially what they, what they teach and, and how they invite people in, but also they, they hear a validation for the people who are walking this path that are before them, and now they're beginning to field these questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, I have a thought, and I would love to give it, but yeah. I'd love to hear from Preston and, and how you've processed like this idea in the Scriptures. Yeah.
4: So I think you know from a counseling world, one of the things that we know, and everybody knows this to some degree, but we live it day in, day, in, day out, There is something helpful to us of not carrying things inside, Um, Mm. whether that's a a secret, something that's happened along the way, whether that is an emotion that we feel like if I were to say this out loud, people would think less of me, whether it's a thought that we're having that we're like, should I even have that thought? But there's something about being in a place safe enough to voice Mm -hmm. it Mm. and get it from inside of our heart, or mind, out and, uh, and that can happen through verbalizing to someone or even writing can help with that. But I think one of the things we see in the psalm, in this particular one, and we see it in others, is, is David just taking what's inside and, and bringing it out. And to your point, we never do that to bring God in the loop. So there's nothing we ever say that he's like, oh, man, didn't see that coming. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you brought that out. Uh, it is 100% for us to get it out. And and I think to realize in that moment as we're speaking it out to Him, um, who He is, it reminds us of who He is in our life. It reminds us of our dependence on Him if we're taking a particular need to Him. Uh, It reminds us of His character as we voice these things that we've bottled up inside, sometimes for years, and we realize I just voiced it to the God of the universe and He still loves me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yes, there's a we we don't do this for the therapy of it we don't come to god's word for the therapeutic part of mm-hmm. it but there is a therapeutic part of it right. in which he meets us where we are right. and he brings healing and so yeah i think it 100% uh, mm-hmm. approaches that
2: yeah I, I i i'm with you 100% on that cuz you're preston and you're an expert <laughs> 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 there's a there's a piece that i the the angle i take is um maybe just to add to it is the word intimacy mm-hmm. um when there's oneness with Him, and we know in relationship when there's agreement, yeah. that that allows for freedom in the relationship. And when um, when I sin, my tendency, as just our human nature, is to hide and protect. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, it's difficult to be um, intimate when there's hiding and self protection. Mm-hmm. When I bring my sin into the light through confession, it's not necessarily to inform Him. But it's to come to him in agreement saying, I, I'm not hiding this from you. Mm-hmm. I'm agreeing with you that this is sin. And there's alignment with, with him where once I confess, I, I can hear him say, you are forgiven. You are safe in the midst of that. And that's where there's a, a just a for me, there's intimacy there mm-hmm. that I don't get when I continue to hide, even though I know mm-hmm. he, he knows. Mm-hmm. Right. But until I confess, there's just still an, a lacking of intimacy for me right. because I feel like
3: I'm hiding yeah. and trying
2: to protect myself. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Well, I I think, wanna, uh, go ahead. Go ahead, um, Sean. So kind of bridge from a parenting perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those two things, right, is as parents, oftentimes we focus so much on the idea of teaching morals, right, right and wrong. Like we, we do need our kids to understand right and wrong, but also, oftentimes – Behavior is driven out of what we're feeling or what we're experiencing, and so as parents, like to encourage your kids and have conversations with them to say, "Hey, what are you feeling right now? Like, tell me what what you're thinking, what's going on inside of you." Mm-hmm. And to create an environment where you're loved, mm-hmm. because as, as a parent, you are you are modeling that intimacy of God that He wants you to know that you have a safe place to come. That's right. And so, so as parents out there, just, just know that in your, in your discipling, also to talk with your kids about what, what are you feeling? Mm-hmm. Like what's going on? Mm-hmm. Because if we can create a safe place for That's them, right. mm-hmm. then it drives conversation, keeps them open to the gospel, That's good. but also keeps us um, informed that God is loving mm-hmm. and desires a relationship with them. That's so, right.
0: so good. So and I think uh, one of you were talking earlier, well, before we started recording, but I think it was you, Preston, um, that was talking about some discussion you had in your life group on Sunday, which is it was something affect that how we view God mm-hmm. affects how we pray. Because I'm thinking in the same context, like
3: mm-hmm.
0: how we view our parents, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, yeah. Uh, or, or any other person we're in yeah. relationship with, uh, you know, affects how we approach them with, with certain things. Yeah. And yes. so... Um, you know, if we view God as this uh, this sort of stern disciplinarian that that you know is always looking to strike us down, mm-hmm. you know, then we're probably not going to be inclined to be very transparent. Even though intellectually we probably know He knows it anyway. Right. Right. But uh, right. Talk about yeah, that. And
4: I, and I think it's uh, and Mark, Mark kind of chimed in on this too because I I think it can happen a couple of ways if we don't view God rightly in terms of His Power and his might and his authority and his sovereignty, then we're going to be less inclined to pray mm-hmm. in the first place or to come to him with with requests because we're going to be like, well, I, I'm just going to do it on my own because I don't know if God can do it anyway. Mm-hmm. If we don't view God rightly in terms of his character as a loving God, as a forgiving God, uh, as a God who will accept us even in our brokenness, then we're going to be less inclined to come to him with a, those broken areas or those struggles or those sins because we're fearful of how he's going to respond hmm. and, and whether he will still love us even with those things going on. Now to your point, he already knows them. Um, but our mindset can be, I can't approach God with that because that's the, that's the part of my life that's not worthy of, of bringing it to God.
2: I don't want to jump the gun cause I know you're going there next week, but I think, I think this just continues to go. I mean, there's, Every different way that we see mm-hmm. him affects the way we come to him. Yep. The, Absolutely. The, to carry that on out, if you see God is flippant about sin, right?
3: there will, will be
2: no reverence or respect mm-hmm. when you yeah. come to him. And so it it, it affects everything. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's why we are always driven back to the word mm-hmm. and we always pray that mm-hmm. prayer, help me see you more clearly because it's going to interact, it's gonna deeply affect how we interact with him and how we view him. Right how we face sin, guilt, mm-hmm. um, the pursuit of holiness, everything is affected in, right. in our view of him. That's and right. if it's off, um, it, it's going to be yeah. tainted, and that's why we got to go back to that word every and, time. And
4: this all comes out of verse 2 where he calls, David calls God my, my king and my God, and I think it sets the tone for the remainder of the prayer. And mm-hmm. um, I think as we pray, we can learn something from that, that as we begin our prayers to really settle in on who we're praying to, uh, because if we're not careful, I know for me, I can I can come into my prayer time very rushed or um, flippant, not in the sense of I, I, I don't believe he can do it, but just not thoughtful about who I'm speaking to. Mm. And if that's how I start my prayer life, then the rest of my prayer is probably going to flow out of that. Versus if I kind of settle in on who God really is as I begin my prayer, then the rest of my prayer is going to flow out of that. Absolutely,
0: mm. Yeah. So I I want to go back to something uh, because, Josh, you you mentioned this earlier. You you were talking about as as you read the Psalms sort of holistically, uh, there's this idea of morning and evening that, that, you know, kind of is recurring. And and, I think you you had a thought toward just how that ties to like the Shema and – Sure. The what? know.
1: (laughs) <laughs> the shema the shema mr shema um yes <yeah>, so <laughs> without, without further ado let's Man. jump into that Ooh, sorry, that, um, that caught me off guard <laughs> no all right so if, if you're looking um the, the question could come after that discussion we just had okay how do you have a right view Of God, how how do you maintain that right Mm -hmm. view? Like, is it is it imperative? Like, like is it a directive from God's word that we be in God's word? And I would say that the answer to that is yes, right? But it's not a for the sake of. Doing your your click list at the end of the day, saying, "Well, I read the scripture today, therefore I'm a good Christian." Right. Uh, you read so you can know, and you know so you can interact, and you interact so you can be free in Christ, right? And so we get this picture uh, in in Psalms, like Psalm three, four, five, and six, the morning, evening, morning, evening, that there is this the, the King, that, like, and I think that's important to note as well. When you get to to verse two, the King of Israel calls God mm. right. my King and my yep. God, mm. um, like. I think that would be different if, like, a, a peasant mm-hmm. were to, to say, "Well, you are my well." Of course, you are. But this is effectively the leader of the free world, as yeah. it were. Because if again, if God is for you, yeah. what what enemy could ever stand against who, you? So, who in
4: that time, and even in some places today, if you were king. You considered yourself a god I'd or a god. A deity, right? yeah, so, or, or you know, at least
1: you were the divine on earth. Yeah. Um, and and we don't we don't necessarily get that that mm-hmm. feel from David or any of his writings. Yeah, but there was a sense of him saying, "You are my God. You are my king." Like there was a complete surrender to who he was, his authority and his lordship in his life. And I think, so for example, for us, when we come to a church service, and and maybe it's an hour that we devote once a week that more than likely it's going to be inside that hour that we say yes and amen to that. Yes, he is my God and he is my king. I am serving him. I trust him more than what I feel. Like everything is moving in the right direction. Well, you remove yourself about six hours from that into your everyday life or even a day later into Monday or Tuesday. Then the things start to come off the rails and and you start grappling with, well, you know, I know I'm not king and I know I'm not God, But I'm going to make the decisions for him as king and God. And then the the further we get away from those important moments of, of reconnection with the father, the more we become in our quote unquote control. Which is not good. So how do you how do you navigate against that? Deuteronomy six gives us that clarity, right? So that's the Shema. That would be something that the people of Israel would would recite. Truly, they would recite it. Uh, Hero Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is one. Um, you would love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so there was this this reminder that it would be in the morning, in the evening. It would be as they woke up and as they went out. It would be as they were working and as they came back in when they sat down, when they got up with their children, when they got up, their children when they came home. And and if you get to the end of Deuteronomy 6, there's a warning there. And the warning says this. And essentially, if you don't, practice this. If, if this isn't part of who you are, then you are going to forget. Uh-huh. You're going to forget that it was God who rescued you. You're going to forget that it was God who has ordained this life for you, that has blessed you with what you have. And that will be the most dangerous thing for God's people to forget God. And it's not a, well, if you don't go to church once a week, uh-huh. this was a, if you don't spend morning and evening, mm-hmm. this was a, if you don't, as you're going and come back, then you're going to have a higher tendency to forget. So for us, guys, I think the beauty of the Psalms is it invites us into a relationship. But it's not just a relationship of, of, of joy in the sense of, oh, I think that'll be nice. Let me add a little bit of that. It's a relationship of necessity. Uh, not so, so this idea of vulnerability to God isn't something that's just a nice thing that he's offered mm-hmm. to us. It is life yeah, for it's us. Critical. That when we are not vulnerable with him, we begin to repress these things and hold these things inside, and they become a cancer to our soul. And so that is when we begin to view God differently than we should because we begin to view us differently than we should. Yep. Mm. Um, so the beauty of coming, being, and being reminded is a beautiful thing.
0: Yeah.
2: I, yes. So um, I, when you think about the word meditation, um, I know a lot of us have different thoughts when we think about meditate you know the monks and the eastern mystics whatever but there's something really positive and healthy when we talk Mm -hmm. about meditating because we meditate on the truth in that sense it's kind of the intersection between psychology therapy and spirituality because the bible teaches to meditate day and night right there's a in psychology, there's a, a – sorry, Preston, I'm just jumping yeah, in you your lane. But there's a cognitive therapy approach that says we've got to recite the truth over and over yeah. because sometimes deep inside at our core, we don't even know what we don't believe. Right. We're holding mm-hmm. on to lies that take time mm-hmm. as we continue to confess truth over and over. And that's a, a morning and evening, but it is all day. All day. Because throughout the day, you're going to – hear songs, see things on TV, hear people make comments that are going to affect the way you understand yourself and the way you see God, not in the sense of you're going to fail a a pop quiz question on who God is. Mm -hmm. You're going to be able to recite the truth. Yes, God is loving and gracious. Deep in your core. But do you believe it? Mm -hmm. How are you living that out? Do Mm -hmm. you really believe that? And Mm -hmm. I think that's a practice for us, but our practice with our kids as we disciple our children... I mean, yes, they're gonna say, Yeah, dad, I know God loves me. But how often do we watch things happen in their life Goodness, where yeah. you know,
3: mm. Mm, man, if
2: my kid could grasp the depth of mm. my of my God's love for him, mm. yeah. it would change the way mm-hmm. he acts yeah. and thinks. And so it's it is. It's a it's a beautiful picture of meditation, but man, shaping. God shaped my thoughts as I meditate on the truth of who right. mm. yeah, you are.
0: That's good.
4: Yeah. Well, and I think the morning Without reading too much into it, the the morning and the evening, at least for for many of us, you know, the first thoughts you have in the morning do shape much of the rest of your day, Mm -hmm. you know. And and there's some times maybe where people are in certain circumstances that the, I mean, your eyes haven't even opened yet and your mind is already (laughs) toward the, the negative or the stress or the anxiety or whatever and it's a great reminder to for us to turn to Him first and see Him for who He is first, not that those things fade away or don't exist, but that He is there for us as we go through those things, which is kind of where the psalm ends up. And then in the evening, you know, those last thoughts sometimes before we go to bed even, yeah. you, that's where we can find – you talk to lots of people who will say, I stay awake at mm-hmm. night with these thoughts that I just can't go to sleep because I can't get these thoughts out of my head. And so – what a beautiful reminder to us that in, in those moments that sometimes can be the most challenging to us in terms of our mind and where our heart goes, those are great opportunities for us to
1: mm-hmm. refocus uh, on him in that time. Yeah, and even designed to do so. Mm-hmm. Like I think there's a beauty yeah, there's a of not just available to you, yeah. but instructed to do That's so right. That's right. so you can live the life that God has called you to live. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm.
0: All right, so I, I want to maybe maybe shift gears a little bit here because uh, Sean, you had some interesting insights uh, about uh, like sort of toward the end of the, the the chapter, verses eight through ten, uh, related yeah. to the enemies that are referenced there. Yeah, I,
3: mm. I think I think we can tie it in really easily because we have a tendency. I think let's start here we were all enemies of God. So this is, this is mm-hmm. David speaking about his enemies and the trouble that they're causing him. And he's also making reference to why they're not only his enemies, but God's enemies. Mm-hmm. Because they're, um, in, in verses 9 and 10, there's no truth. So they're looking to their own truth. They're looking to their own desires. Their inmost self is destructive. Um, they're looking to their own words. They're looking um, to their own wisdom. And and so that that's really what we were before we came to know Christ. Mm-hmm. And so um, so I think it's a it's a reminder that that's where we could go. Like if yeah, easily like we we were once enemies of God. Um, if if I go over Romans, we just got through Romans. Romans five ten that says we were once enemies, but now we've been reconciled to God through Christ Jesus. And so so if I look at that, I have to keep in mind that the struggles of this world like the brokenness around us in this world is caused because is caused because of sin um is man's pursuit of himself yeah. and um and so david in verse 8 says so lead me o lord in your righteousness because of my enemies well, the whole reason that we want to walk in righteousness is not so that we check the box, mm-hmm. so that God looks down and goes, oh, you get my approval today. Here's some mm-hmm. hand claps for you. No, it's so that the enemies of God might come to know him, mm-hmm. to understand that that he is good, that he is holy, that he is He is right, mm-hmm. and he is righteous. and And so our prayer and our reflection, our meditation should be on those things so that as we walk along with God that we understand this is not about us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is so that others might might see a glimpse of who he is and and hopefully be drawn to him through his Holy Spirit mm-hmm. so that they can know life. Um and that it comes from him. So God. Mm.
4: I, I think there's a great reminder to us in that as well that because sometimes our focus becomes the enemy, whether it's a, a human enemy or whether yeah. it's some circumstance or, or just the, the enemy of Satan. Uh, our focus becomes that, and we get so tracked on that that we lose sight of how we're living, mm-hmm. right? And, and you see David in the midst of this. The enemy's there, but he's still praying, God, help me to live right. Help me to yeah. live a righteous life, even with all this stuff going on. And I know I can be very tempted— when there's something else going on, especially if I feel like it's directed toward me to get focused on that and lose sight of how I'm living in that. That's right. right? Help mm-hmm. me to live righteously no matter what the other person's doing. Help me to live righteously no matter what the, the enemies around me or the enemy, ultimate enemy is mm-hmm. doing. Um, and just a great reminder to to keep our eyes focused on, on God and what he would have us do in those moments and not just on yeah. what the enemy's doing. That's
3: right.
0: So I want to uh, I want to mention one other thing related to the the whole enemy thing cuz uh again I think there was an observation made that um you know that the, there's a prayer here on David's part uh against the enemy and what what the enemy's done to God and and so often we come to God and it's like <laughs> what the enemy doing to me, me and, uh, you know, cast them out, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. conquer my enemy because they're, they're, you know, they're, they're doing me wrong. Um, but, but this is really a prayer And this, in this case, cause I don't think that's always the case As I read other Psalms, you know, sometimes, sometimes <laughs> yeah. David's very much, sure, you know, yeah. <laughs> the enemy is that being uh, camps uh, around me. Right. Take care <laughs> of yeah. But in this case it is, uh, yeah. you know, it's really a, a cry, you know, uh, and really calling the enemy out for, for just the way that, the enemy is, is transgressing against God. Yeah. And, uh, and so, is there some significance in that we shouldn't miss?
1: Well, certainly, yeah. I, th- I think, um, well, number one, all right, so the Psalms, although these are personal Psalms, so, so we get an insight into David's interaction with Yahweh, uh, they're also instructive. Uh, and, And so this wouldn't be in the category of you can't sing this because this is just between David and God. This would be something that they would learn from. This would be instructive for them in the morning and evening prayer. It would be instructive in them and how they would come to God. Uh, and I think also it, that is a good point that they would know very well that we should know as well um, that the greatest offense isn't the offense that happens to us, it's the offense that happens to God. Uh, and, and that is a core thing that I think we forget so much because the offense that happens to us stings the most or at least stings the closest to us uh, where we may say, well, God's a big enough God to take care of himself I'm poor, pitiful me, and it hurts me, so God, you get them. Um, I think what we have to understand is what makes someone an enemy of God isn't what they have done to us, but what they've done to him. Uh, and, and that goes back to what Sean was talking about. And and at the end of the day, when we are looking at at, at people, imid, fellow image bearers, now whether they're in the kingdom or not, that, that's a whole conversation to be had. But every human that is walking this earth, whether you like them or not, they are an they are created as an image bearer of the Father. And, and it, I believe the scriptures teach us that God desires no man to perish, meaning I believe that God has, has a plan for each and every person to have an opportunity to respond in faith. Now, whether they will or not, I believe that he's sovereign in knowing that. That's a whole different discussion for a whole nother day. But what we have to understand is the offense that they have done in us isn't the greatest offense. Uh, the, the offense that they've done to the Father, which now shapes how we minister, It shapes, at least it should shape, how we we walk into this world because our goal isn't reconciliation with us. That's right. Our goal is reconciliation with the Father. So when we get to the New Testament and we have the beauty of Christ that reconciles man to God, uh, and and now we are ambassadors with the hope of the gospel, we are not sent out as ambassadors to make the people who have offended us friends with us. Mm. We are sent out to make the people who have offended Holy God Friends with holy God through the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And and we get the first glimpses of that uh spelled out in the Psalms particularly mm-hmm. here.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's good.
4: It somebody in our life group reminded us that, that David's heart in this sounds a lot like his heart in the battle against Goliath. You know, when he shows up on the scene, it wasn't, Oh, look, there's Goliath bad mouthing us, we uh-huh. need to go defend ourselves. It's Wait, we we're going to let him say this about our God. Mm. Yeah. that's what makes sense. That's what calls him to step in mm. and to fight. And yeah, his and his faith was in that God. It wasn't in his own power. That's right. But I think that he that's that seems to be his heart
0: throughout. Mm. Yeah, that's good.
1: When we look at, it sounded like you were going somewhere. Can I? Can I go? Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, great. Um, when when you look at ten through the the rest of that chapter twelve, uh, what I love about. Um, This prayer so like a lot of times we'll look at the Lord's prayer as the model prayer and it should be right because it's it's Jesus prayer for us. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I do think that there is a beauty of this. In a model, is in prayer, as well, uh, in the fact that what he praises, he prays truthful things. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, he is talking about things he's fearful of. Lord, you, you see what's going on. You see what they're doing to you, to me, to us. Like there's a sense of, of admission, admission there. But then it says, verse 11, but let all those who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them mm-hmm. ever sing for joy and spread your protection over them, and those who love your name may exalt in you. For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with favor as with a shield. A lot of times when we come to the Lord in prayer, I know I do, I feel like I'm at a loss for words. I don't know what to pray. I don't I don't even know where to start. And then there's the, I guess, the battle inside of our heart. Am I praying the right way? Am I using the right words? And we know. We know that God's big enough and sovereign enough to know our hearts even before we open our mouths. But I think a beautiful thing that I've learned over probably the last decade is whenever we pray scripture back to God, Uh it's one of the most authentic ways of prayer and communication with God. Because essentially what we are doing is we are communicating with the Father in his truth. Uh And so that's what we see King David doing to King God. And so when he says, you are my God and you are my king, and the way that he talks to him is in truthful statements. Uh-huh. Lord, I know this is true about you. And so that's what I'm going to cling to today. Not necessarily my feelings. And I don't think feelings are wrong, but they can't be king, right? right? And mm-hmm. so when they come, he is just saying these truthful things. And if you get to the end of the psalm where the hope begins to swell, it only swells in the truthfulness of God's, God's goodness and faithfulness. Mm-hmm. And, and that will still be true. These three thousand years later, after the psalm is written, mm. that's great. We have this discussion a lot, Josh.
2: I know, but where, where does the where do feelings have a value? What's mm-hmm. what's the place in them? And I think um, you know, just just to repeat it again, for alignment's sake, it is the truth that we anchor in, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. not our emotions. That's now, right. the hope and prayer, because we are complete people, right? That as we anchor in truth, that he will shape our desires and that there will be joy and pursuit of him and passion for him. But we don't wake up in the morning and base our day and our uh, our living for him on whether or not we feel it that day. Yeah, that's right. We anchor it in truth because of what we believe. But yes, there is great value in praying for the Lord to shape our heart and our desires Mm -hmm. and our convictions and our passions so that we fully feel Mm and joy and pursue him. That's not a bad thing, but we better not anchor there because that can come and go. That's right. Good word. Yeah. I know we say that a lot on here, but not everybody has heard.
0: All yep. our past podcasts. I think that's it's right. just important. <laughs> so you just heard all of those. So right. <laughs> you summer, summer. did hear a pretty good summer a lot of. Well, hey, great discussion today around that uh, around Psalm five. So next week we go to Psalm thirteen, mm-hmm. and uh, so looking forward to
1: that as we continue through the the summer in. Psalms. Somewhere in the Psalms, it's going to be great. Psalm 13 is is probably my favorite of all the Psalms, only because it has, I think, most shaped my life, and and honestly, in some ways, saved my life. And I'll I'll share more about that on Sunday. Uh, mm-hmm. It'll be probably less sermony. Uh, and more testimony, so we'll we'll see Whoa. how that goes. We'll see how it feels. Mm. May Whoa. I may change my mind between now and then. So some of you <laughs> listeners will be like, "Oh, that sounded more ceremony to me." Uh, I, I hear that, but uh, as it lands today, like I just I feel it. Well, there a need are to... six
4: verses in Psalm
1: thirteen. So if ever you're
4: going to weave in some testimony, this is
1: probably the this time would be, to be the one. Right. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it's right. So it is going to be a great week. It's a big week, but it's not only a big week for us. There's somebody in this room that has a really big week as well. Um, Mike Haight, hey, you guys have something pretty big going on this weekend, yes. right? Yeah, uh, that's what I'm told. Yep. <laughs> what y'all got? This mm-hmm.
0: is wedding week, so uh, yeah, our daughter Kaylin gets married on yes. Saturday. So yeah. I actually won't be here to hear your sermon testimony. So. There you go, but
1: you'll be watching online, no doubt. Yeah, or at least, at least at least going back to it. I might be sleeping <laughs> right. that day. You didn't say when he's watching it. Um, but yeah, no, so this
0: good. is uh, we've been planning for uh, the better part of a year um, toward this weekend. Yeah, and since so, she was a little girl, well, yeah, well, there's that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but specifically toward this ceremony um, uh, for for months, months, and uh, so it's here. Mm -hmm. It's here. It's a blessing. And uh, so I'm not, you know, not sure if I'm quite ready for it, Mm -mm. but it's coming whether I am or not. That's (laughs) right. So, and uh, I get to co-officiate it with uh, the groom's dad and he's also a pastor. And so uh, it's going to be a really special time. I bet he can't
1: sing. Are you going to sing something to make it like I'm better than you or? (laughs) I'm actually, I have no
0: musical part in this wedding whatsoever. You got to sing. It's going to happen. So, nope, I'm not singing. I'm not singing. So you gonna sing the prayer?
4: It's great. So my my, <laughs> right. my sing your part, whatever your part is, sing it.
0: <laughs> so Lori actually uh, told <laughs> Kalen when when Kaylin first came to us with her wedding plans and and uh, originally in the plan there was only one song and she just has a a guy on acoustic guitar singing. I mean that's all the the, the music. So um and uh, and it was one song and Lori goes. Like Kaylin, you are the daughter of a worship pastor, and you have no music in your way. I'm like, what, what is going on here? And so she now has two songs, but, uh.
1: <laughs> but you're not singing either. But I'm not singing either, and and actually yeah. I'm good with that. Like yeah.
0: I, you know, I'm, I feel really good about. It. I would have been very comfortable just to to be there and yeah. just soak it in, and and not be an active participant. And but uh, but I am very uh, honored that they asked me to. Huh. Help you officiate
1: it. So. Awesome. We're That's excited great. for you. That's great.
0: Uh, yeah. So, all that. Um, yeah. So, looking forward, though, to next week's podcast and, uh, and our, our conversation. And I will listen to your testimony before we come in to record next week. So, <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs>
1: You're so
0: kind. <good. laughs> hey, great. Uh, guys, as always, it's, uh, it's good discussion and a uh, great great doing life with you and in ministry alongside you. Mm, Love, you guys. Love you guys. This has been a production of Broadmoor Baptist Church. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with others and don't forget to subscribe. To help us spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe as well. They can find us wherever they prefer to get their podcasts. And if you'd like more information about Broadmoor, please visit our website at broadmore.org or connect with us on your favorite social media platform where we're listed as at my Broadmoor. Thanks for listening.